up, everybody? Oh, wait, I did it. You did oh, it. God, I hate you shit. so much. Oh, shit, I did it. God. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Oh, no, I did it again. <laughs> With uh, all of the English language available to you. That's right. I. I <laughs> well, I was literally... Sitting there, and Montel's Jordan. This is how we do it. Was about to come out of me. Montel's oh. Jordan. And then I was like, I don't, I don't want to get people too, too used to a rhythm. Like I, like if they turn into Radio Radar and they're like, oh, Anthony's gonna do some terrible R and B song recorded between 1988 <laughs> and 1997. <laughs> and I don't, I don't want, you know, I want to keep it spicy. No, I keep this pot. <laughs> I feel like that's kind of a safe expectation, though. I just It's true. I mean like my doctors expect that just, at yeah. this point. Just open the show with Return of the Mac every week. Like I every- I would be fine with that. Uh Return of the Mac once again. Yes. Return of the Mac. Oh my god! Alright, see, no, I was starting to slip into it honestly. <laughs> that's not good. It's for the anybody. best song ever made. Like ever made. It really is. There's no like it's objectively the best song ever made. There was a glorious moment, everybody, when you could turn on the radio, not Spotify, there was an actual thing called the radio, and you would hear Return of the Mac and No Diggity and Duncan Sheik's Barely Breathing all back to back. It was a magical age. I accidentally this... oh, wait. learned all the words to Barely Breathing. I did not know this about myself. <laughs> it just happened? And then it, it was like on in the grocery store, because you know when you're in the grocery store, they play the most non-offensive mu- music they possibly can. Right. Sure. Because they want they want some background noise, but they don't want you to, to really be distracted from your wide range of pastas that are available to you. Of course. And, and that came on, and I'm like... I know what you're doing. <laughs> See it all too clear. See it all too clear. Saline when it kisses away your child. The whole thing. That's and like a... three quarters of the way through it, I'm like, why do I? I don't owe. And I'm thinking it over anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We should introduce the show, dude. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's Radio Radar, everybody. <laughs> welcome, welcome once again. This is episode 43. My name is Anthony. John Agnello, senior social editor at Games Radar, and I am joined today by Staff Roberts, Dave Roberts. Uh, yeah, hello. Empire Records is a bad movie. It just really on, sucks. on on the '90s trip. Yeah, it's. I just watched it a couple uh, again a couple days ago. It's like, oh, it's a celebration of the worst music the '90s had to offer. <laughs> Great. Thanks for reminding me about these. Yeah, what, what, was Empire Records made purely because somebody owed Steven Tyler a favor and the Gin Blossoms a lot of money? Hey, I like, okay, okay the yeah, Gin I, Blossoms I gotta, are great. Hold on, I'm looking up the soundtrack. <laughs> the Gin Blossoms are like the one good, there's like that song and there's uh, that, uh, oh god, what is it? Uh, I forget what it's called, but it's 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 a very like Tarantino-esque song. Uh, a Girl Like You by Yeah, Girl Like Collins. You, yeah, it's a great song. It's a great song. Oh, like the, the, okay. Can we just talk about the fact that at one time there was a successful band that called itself Toad the Wet Sprocket? Oh, yeah. No, oh, yeah. the 90s were the worst. Oh, absolutely. They were the worst. Toad the Wet Sprocket, is, they're, they're still going. That's that's still a thing. Oh, one of my best friends in the world is not, not only counts himself among Toad the Wet Sprocket's biggest fans, has a signed concert poster framed in his home in the year 2016. Okay, but, all right, I can't judge, because if I had the opportunity to have a signed Duran Duran poster hanging in my room, That's a little different. That's a little... Like, 
Duran Duran is a good band, though. <laughs> exactly. Okay. That's the thing. True. True. Toad the Wet Rocket never freaking did Hungry Like the Wolf. No. I mean, All right, that's fair. Come on. Never that's did fair. Rio. No. Never did no. the reflex. <laughs> it didn't happen. Or no. a really uh, banging cover of White Lines. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway. Duran Duran superfan number one yeah. here is none other than executive editor Susan Art. Yeah, I've seen them in concert like five times. They're really good. I, you know, I like that's on my list that if they came through and tickets were not insane, I would still go. Like drop of the hat. They they will be insane though. They charge way way. They charge. That's the problem. It's like, honeys, look. (laughs) Yeah. I love you, but let's let's real talk this out. (laughs) You know. You are you are two bad decisions away from playing a bad casino. Right. Exactly. (laughs) You are headed for a cruise ship, my friend. How about about we bring that (laughs) with Journey minus the lead singer and bassist. (laughs) Yeah, they're halfway. They're halfway between the like niche, not really widely known, but like for the people that know it, beloved success of Aha to this day. Because Aha still kicks ass. This is what people don't know. Aha rules. But they're halfway between that and like ending like in excess did with like oh. a really okay. bad oh. autoerotic association. Problem. Okay, first of all, inappropriate. All right, too far. Yeah, too far. <laughs> we take our jokes too far. Uh, <laughs> let's just, let's just, okay, so here's the really funny thing. So before we started recording, Anthony's like, and in case we don't have enough material to go to 90 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I jumped directly to NXS. <laughs> I know way too much about that band. Way too, I'm a major NXS fan. Huge. That's one of my very first shows. Oh, yeah. yeah I was, nice. yeah, 1987. I was five. Oh and goodness. I saw In Excess with the Soup Dragon. That explains amazing, amazing a show. lot. It really yeah. does. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about video games now. Hey, video games. So, following up on our conversation from last week, we were, we were all uh, abuzz a about the leaked Nintendo NX specifications. And uh, a story broke in the last 24 hours that I felt merited some discussion. Uh, A source speaking with MCV has said that everything in the Eurogamer report is 100% correct. Uh, And they, they have this nice little quote here. It's a nice bit of kit, a bit of a novelty, but a good one. It won't appeal to PS4 fans. Nintendo seems set on trying to upgrade smartphone gamers. That's going to be a big job for their marketing department. And the source also says that we are going to have a Game Freak-made Pokemon game. Not just a Pokemon spinoff, but a Game Freak-made Pokemon game and a new Mario game within the first six months of the NX's release. And what I find interesting about that is that they're not going to be launch titles, according to this person. They're, they're going to be launch window titles, and yet the big scuttlebutt is that Nintendo... Nintendo themselves has said we're pushing the NX away from 2016 so that we're ready with software lineup. So, looking at this, do you guys, what, do, what do you guys think? What do you guys think about having Zelda as your big launch title... And then not having the other things there that would make everybody say, oh, it's the greatest launch of all time, and spacing them out over the first year. Good idea, bad idea. 
Is Zelda actually a launch title, though? Like, have they confirmed that it's coming day and date, or is it just Nebulous 2017? I, I, th- I think we can assume that... I, I In this scenario, I think we can assume that Breath of the Wild is going to be their big launch title. I mean, it would have to be, right? If, they, if they're not launching with the Mario a- or a Pokemon, <laughs> like they've said, then it has to be right. something. Breath of the Wild was supposed to be out in November of 2015, that was its original release date. That was never so, going to happen, though. It was never no, going to happen. No. <laughs> no, that was of course. That's what you call a lie. That's that's <laughs> stupid. Agi Anuma and Shigeru Miyamoto sitting in their soft lit room, just laughing, game, being like, oh, "Yes, yeah, so of course, yeah, of it course, it'll be, be out, out in 2015. <laughs> it'll be out in 2015, and Star Fox will be out before it. Star Fox got pushed to 2016 because it sucked. Anyway." Yeah, so Mario, Pokemon, not at launch. How do you feel about it? I don't care. You're not in. <laughs> like, here, now, here's what I'm actually more interested in with regard to the Pokemon is... All right, so Pokemon Go, huge, 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 huge. Sure. Huge. It's huge. It's the biggest. <laughs> Will, believe me. Believe me. Now, the Pokemon games for... For all intents and purposes, although there have been innovations and changes from one generation to the next, it's all basically the same game, right? I'm curious to know if this NX Pokemon game will be simpler so that Mm. folks who are really into Pokemon Go but probably not interested in a full-blown Pokemon RPG can get into it. That's what I'm curious yeah. about, because if, we, if yeah. we accept that the NX is aiming at wooing smartphone gamers, and I think that's fair, sure. then you're going to have to, I think, have some sort of uh, uh, gateway-style games. Yeah, yeah. Sun and Moon, Pokemon Sun and Moon is out in September or October. I can't, I can't, it's in the fall. Right. Uh, and... Uh, you know, I, I understand that there is there are multiple generations of people at this point that Pokemon is simply part of their language. Right. You know, they they understand that with the the same clarity that people understood that Mario jumps and if he touches a mushroom he gets gigantic. Correct. Uh, but that said, I, I've played Pokemon games over the past twenty years, and Sun and Moon. Sound like the, the complexity of it is already ridiculous. There is a headline on our site this week on an incredibly well-trafficked news article that's like, "Check out the new Alola evolutions of the Pokemon." The what? In Sun and Moon, <laughs> yeah. and their new Z attacks. And I'm like, "What are you talking about?" Exactly. <laughs> what? But what? I don't know. Like, what if what if they just ported Sun and Moon to the NX though, and like Pokemon Go was their gateway? No. Well, yeah. No. I mean, like, it's not. No. It's clearly not enough. Like, Pokemon Go barely even explains itself, let alone. Yeah, how like to play. that's that's saying a bicycle is a gateway to a jet plane. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, I mean, this just, I can do it. Put, I, put me in. Like, like uh, Pokemon Go doesn't even explain to you what beats what. Right. Right. You know? Yeah. So, because, like, you could figure out, okay, water beats fire, and fire beats grass, but then there's, like, ghost, poison, bug, <laughs> uh, yeah. 
Magikarp beats everything. That's true. Magikarp golden rule. is a baller. He's just a straight baller. I genuinely get excited whenever I find a Magikarp. <laughs> if it was, if it was Detective Magikarp. Oh my god! Yeah, no, I'd play as that. the the, the NX launch window. That would be amazing. Play I would play the, the yeah. shit out of that in a second, in a heartbeat. But they should they should do it basically like like everybody around Magikarp is constantly talking and explaining the story to yeah, to him. Yeah, 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 yeah. He doesn't say anything. Yeah. So it's like Magikarp's at a murder scene, and they're like, brilliant, Detective Magikarp! How did you know that they used Clorox bleach to wipe away their DNA on the crime scene? And then he's just lying there. Wait a minute. This, with a he- this sounds like an, an Animaniacs skit or a Hysteria skit. <laughs> it kind of does. No, I'm not yeah. I feel like they're they're... I feel like this joke's already been done. Somebody in the audience, go investigate this, because I know this was done in a cartoon, and it was either Tiny Toons, or Animaniacs, or Hysteria. It was, it was one of, of those. And it was exactly this. <laughs> oh, you, you solved, you solved the case, and it's just like a dog or something. Yeah, no, this sounds, magic this sounds heart very noir. familiar. Um, so, my thing is, is that, like, if we all remember the Wii... The Wii didn't launch with a Super Mario game. True. It launched with no, Zelda, and it launched with Wii Sports. And I think Wii Sports did more to sell that system than Zelda did. I mean, oh, Zelda sold oh, yeah. it to the to the hardcore right. people. Right. Um, but there were also people who were like, nah, I don't want those motion controls. I'll just wait for the GameCube version, um, because I already have one. So, like, I feel like Nintendo is probably going to have something else up its sleeve that will make the NX... A, uh, a better proposition for people who are not us. Sure. Uh, where Zelda is going to be the thing that goes, okay, yeah, I want to play the new Zelda game on the new device and take it with me wherever I go. Um, here's my money dollars. Take it. And then I play it. Um, but yeah, like, um, if they have a Mario waiting in the wings, um, I just hope that it's not... I just hope that it's not another one of those new Super Mario Brothers games, and it's just another like like not that they they couldn't go back and make a good two D side scrolling game, but those new Super Mario Brothers games ever since the first one just feel so rote. I so they, disagree yeah. with the last one with with the cat outfits. Oh no 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 no! I mean like oh no three D no th- just new Super Mario Brothers. Oh, three D no, World's for awesome. Shits. Yeah, yeah, no, the new stuff, that's just shit. Just stop doing that. It's so, terrible. Okay, okay. Shit is uh, strong. Shit is strong. Accurate. The, I, I, okay. Okay. Ray, <laughs> so, Rayman Legends was a better game than New Super Mario Bros. Wii U. That's just a fact. I, I agree with that, yeah. but it, it does a different thing. They're very, very different games. They're very, very different in their approach to, like, here's a game about momentum and jumping over stuff. I, I don't think that we are going to see another new Super Mario Brothers for two reasons. Mm. Uh, number one. They're shit. One of the, one of the biggest <laughs> NX rumors uh, at the start was that Nintendo was automatically rolling back and making big ports of Super Mario Maker mm. and Splatoon mm-hmm. for the NX launch. Oh. And that is... Like, Super Mario Maker, in a lot of ways, makes new Super Mario Brothers redundant. I think new Super Mario Brothers for DS and new Super Mario Brothers Wii 
are excellent games that are ugly as shit. They're not, they are not themselves shit. But New Super Mario Bros. 2 and New Super Mario Bros. Wii U, which released within three months of each other in 2012, are both kind of shit. And Nintendo overshot the, you know, what they thought was the, the most popular endless golden cow series in the world. New Super Mario Bros. Wii sold 20 million copies inside of two years. It was bananas successful. People went apeshit for that game. And then Iwata and Miyamoto said, we have started a division within Nintendo called the Mario Cram School, where they were just pumping developers in to teach them how to make Mario levels so that they could release these games faster. And that's what ended up happening with New Super Mario Bros. 2 and Wii U. So New Super Mario Bros. 2, the one where it's like, collect a lot of coins! That's the big... Yeah, because, you know, lives have always mattered since... Yeah, (laughs) because that's... Compete with your friends on the interwebs for the golden coins. That game sucked. Yeah. And it was made predominantly by people within Nintendo that had never made Mario games before and came out of, like, the cram school program. And then New Super Mario Bros. Wii, Wii U was literally the exact same assets from Wii, just upscaled. Like, like pe- people went in on that la- like Wii U launch day and were just like, oh man, this is some... Like, this is the same shit. Uh, so yeah, I-, I think, Susan, that's why those two are shit. But I think that's also why that series is going away. I think that's... That's fair. Departed. That's fair. And Mario Maker makes it redundant. Right, Because if anybody right, right, right. wants that, there's there's plenty right, of it. Right, right. So the question is, is whatever the hell this game is, do they... Because 3D World is amazing. Yep, awesome. Cat, the cat suit is amazing. The cherries, great. The cherries are great. Cherries, Everything... cherries are the best power-up that that Mario universe has had in years. Yep. Yes. Yeah, since Flight. Since, like, the Raccoon Tail in 1990. Yeah, like, pretty much. Yeah, because every time that pops up, splitting into two, four, six, eight different characters running around, mm-hmm. that's awesome. And then solving that's puzzles a- and, like, yeah, moving exactly. around. And, like, they, they get a lot of mileage out of that one power-up. And they, in, know, in, they know when to use it and when not to use it. Mm-hmm. Mm. And very clever ways so that it's not just, oh, well, here it is, and now you've stand, four of you stand on a switch, and blah, blah, blah. They, it, yeah. it's, it's really very, very, very smart. Very cool. Uh, I, I don't know if we're going to see, like, Super Mario 3D World again. Like, that... I, it, for NX, I, I, I would not be surprised if they port that game, but I don't know if there's going to be a sequel, because both 3D Land and 3D World didn't do the best. They did okay. Like, it was sort of like Galaxy. There was enough sort of, like, Mm. meat on the bone with popularity for them to make two of them. And that was that. I... If I... This... I don't know if you guys think I'm crazy. I think the NX, like, Mario game is going to be basically Super Mario 64 too. Hmm. I think that's... I think that's how they're going... Like, that's the big nostalgia play. Okay. 
Be- because if you say, we've got Zelda for the hardcore pro gamers, we've got <laughs> Splatoon for the kids, we've got Pokemon for the everybody, the NES Mini is out there for the people who are, you know, in their late 30s who remember Nintendo, so who's untapped here? And it's the people that are, you know, it's been 20 years since Super Mario 64, and there was never truly a proper follow-up to that. Super Mario Sunshine's its own thing, Super Mario Galaxy's its own thing, so they could go back to that well. Yeah. And even even go with, like, a, a weirdly stylized graphical presentation. That you know, it's not going to look like an N sixty four game, but could harken back to that. Yeah, and like I, I and I think that's a, that's an interesting way to go too, because l- like you said, the the, the follow ups were their own thing, and I feel like in different ways, like Sunshine. I mean, people hate that game. I I love Sunshine. that game. That's a great game. Why do people hate that game? Because people Why? are monsters. They're that's, monsters, <laughs> and yes. they don't they don't and, understand. And the camera was terrible. The camera was terrible. It was bad. Yeah. Um, yeah. But no, it was... I don't know. Like, it was its own thing. Uh, Super Mario Galaxy, also its its own thing. But, like, they both didn't quite scratch that same itch that 64 mm. just... You know, like, 64 was magic. Yeah. The, exploring the different paintings, and all the paintings are vastly different worlds, and you have this overworld that's just packed with secrets... And then you have Sunshine, which has some of that, but it's still, like, you know, it's all various, uh, like, variations on the island theme, so there's not a whole lot of variety there. And then mm. you have the the water pack, which changes the way that you play the game. And you have Galaxy, which is, like, like yeah, the orb levels are cool, but they're really small areas that you kind of shuffle to and from, so they're, they're a lot more bite-sized. It's, you don't get the sense that, like, you're exploring this big open space that is just packed with things to do and secrets to find inside of it and like you don't really have that freedom to just go I'm gonna go up to the top of that mountain and see if there's a star up there and you go up the mountain and say oh there's a yeah I fought the bob on but then you go in the level again it's like oh but if I go over here there's a you know there's a a whole other thing to find Um, I think going back to that well would be Hmm. would be fantastic not just from a nostalgia play but like just it's it's surprisingly it's something that Nintendo hasn't like Nintendo always wants to innovate but like this this sort of thing like they haven't done it in a while yeah yeah and and people tend to forget like I like 3D World is so good 3D World is awesome but those levels are really sort of meaty and long and it's hard to you know finish them uh, you know your first time going through like even that one i love that level in 3d world where you're riding the dinosaur oh yeah uh, down the waterfall early on and you know jumping waves it's really cool uh but what people forget about i, I would say the most famous mario games are super mario brothers 3 and 64 yes and right those are those well, are the ones that are what most well known are we as, except for the original except for the original well, yeah. right like yes. people but people are more familiar with the way those two play. Yes. Like, they remember the original because it's iconic, but they don't, like, they're not going to be able to tell you uh, about, like, <laughs> level 5 3, right, where right. they're just cheap cheeps flying everywhere. Right, 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 right. What people forget about 64 and 3, since they're so iconic, is how short their levels are. Mm-hmm. Like, getting a star in, you know, one star in those paintings that you're talking about, Dave, ta- takes, like, can take a minute, two minutes, mm-hmm. 
or and Super Mario Brothers three, like you go into the level, there are a couple of screens, and then you're at the end, and you're on to the next one. Mm-hmm. And the, you know, given the NX's positioning as a you know, we, we want you to take that next step towards something a little bit more substantial than what you see on your smartphone, but is also super portable. That's perfect. That's mm. perfect, perfect format to go back to. Uh, I just, I hope it looks weird, man. I, I hope I, that's new Super Mario Brothers. Like, Susan, when you're like, it's shit, it's shit. I feel like it's just because it's so ugly. Right? Well... It looks like somebody's, like, taking no, their first 3D rendering class. Okay. A, yes, it is ugly, but... <coughs> but, no, it, that's not only why it's shit, because, here's the thing, I loathe the graphics of Mario 64. Mm. They actively repulse me. Mm. But that game design is perfect. Yeah. The game is brilliant. The design is brilliant. Cannot argue with the quality of that game, even though I don't want to play it because of the way it looks. So, no. New Super Mario Brothers is just shit because it's shit. <laughs> it's like, you don't like the mini mushroom? It's not, not a fan like, of the uh, mini mushroom? Like, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if I'd call them bad because, like, they. they Uninspired? Yeah. Mediocre? They're, yeah, they're just boring. Yeah, it's yeah, like it's, it's yeah. Mario going through the motions, you know. Yeah. It's like okay, well, you have to have the coins because you have to collect the coins that make the sound. You get the level up. You get the, the yay. You get the mushroom. The mushroom makes you big. It's like okay, well, where's the where's the sense of surprise? The sense of like wonder that I'm supposed to get with a new Mario game? It's not here because mm-hmm. I've done all this already. I like that the, the the guys dance in time with the music. Yeah, I know that Mario Brothers. Wah wah, wah wah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's like that's that. the best part. I like the wah wah. Uh, I I'm also excited about the fact that in these in these stories about the NX that they're saying uh, now that it's you know there were people freaking out before because of the the Nvidia thing that's in it and they're like oh it's going to look uglier than Wii U games and this guy's like no nah, the graphical output's like halfway between PS3 and PS4 which is really good and is now the kind of information that if you go on to comment sections or any comment section really that it's talking about the NX or the Scorpio or the PlayStation 4 Neo which people are still claiming is coming out this fall which Guys, it's August. It's not. <laughs> it's not happening this year. Yeah, they, yeah, they not. can't just say, "Oh, it's yeah, not. it's coming." Out. Like they're not going to pull a Sega Saturn. Right. With this it's thing. not. It's not happening this year. But if you go, you go into comments sections, and, and everybody's like, oh, "Fucking PS4 Neo is going to kick the crap out of Scorpio. Scorpio's ridiculous. Not going to be out for two years." Oh, the NX, and it's a bunch <laughs> of people fighting about machines that don't exist. <laughs> They don't, <laughs> Dave. That's exactly what they sound like. If you could, if you type, if you type comment sections into the vote, like you know, one of those robot voices, vocoder things, yeah. like yeah, the vocoders usually like, <laughs> usually like you have selected a PlayStation Four, but then if you put in a comment section, it's like Neo Scorpio's better NX. Yeah, it's a bunch of people fighting about things that don't exist, that they've never touched, <laughs> that they that they have no access to whatsoever. And the three of us have been talking about this phenomenon all week. We're recording this 
on the day that a film called Suicide Squad is opening up. Yeah. Nice segue, the by theaters. the way. Yeah, that was smooth. Oh, that, was, that was good. That was, that was right. good. Yeah, master of the segue. <laughs> 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 and now I just want like a gif of me riding <laughs> somebody please make that happen please. doing donuts yeah uh, yeah Suicide Squad's opening in theaters right now and yet we have endured for I would say two months no much, yeah, no no like, no no since no. E3 no since E3. I disagree it's just been uh, the official reviews dropped earlier this week and Apparently, Suicide Squad, not that great. Not great. It is, it is ranging from hot mesh, hot, hot mess steaming dumpster fire to right. not great. Like, I don't think any, right. anybody so far has loved it. <laughs> it's, gone, it's gone from uh, the end of the world tire fire yeah. to not even Leonard Malton liked it. <laughs> and he gave three stars to Laser Blast. <laughs> Leonard Malton likes... Everything. Um, yeah, I think it's that. Yeah, it's that I, some of the some of the headlines I've seen about about this movie though have been kind of magical. Like uh, Wired's review was uh, like their tweet about it was that Suicide Squad is what this dumpster fire of the of of a year deserves. Oh, <laughs> like the review was somewhat Yikes. positive. It was like no, like this movie has flaws, but I ended up walking away not hating it. But it's like it, it it's it it is a movie of 2016, right? Um, another one said that, like, it is a movie that, like, it, it is the worst time I've ever had at the movies, was another review that I read. <laughs> okay, then you don't, <laughs> that's you just, don't that's see crazy. nearly enough bad movies then. If that's yeah. the, I mean... <laughs> that's a person that didn't have to sit through Rob Zombie's Halloween remake professionally. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Susan, this is a true story. I had to review Rob Zombie's Halloween... And their press screening, the press screening that New Line or Dimension Films sent me to, was just a 10 a.m. show at, like, a local theater. It wasn't even a press screening. They just sent a pass to a 10 a.m. screening. And I went in, and there were actually five other very lonely-looking men (laughs) who were there. And I, I was watching that movie, and at one point... I was like, oh my god, I can't believe how bad this is. It's so bad. At least it's almost over. And pulled out my flip phone, <laughs> because it was in the long, long ago, and only 22 minutes had passed. It's a terrible movie. <laughs> it's a terrible movie. Okay, with, re- with regard to Suicide Squad, uh, so uh, Victor Lucas uh, of Electric P- Playground fame went to see Suicide Squad. Here are all the movies he says are better than Suicide Squad. (laughs) Transformers 2. Spider-Man 3. Green Lantern. I like Green Lantern. X-Men 3. I actually didn't hate that movie. (laughs) Batman (laughs) Batman vs. Superman. That can't be true. Batman, that can't be accurate. Wait, both Shoemaker Batman movies. All right, all right. For, we're gonna start right here. Okay. <laughs> Batman and Robin is an awesome movie. No, it's not. Stop it. <laughs> which I stop which it. I didn't. I didn't see Batman and Robin until like I want to say 2010, and I I adore that. No, movie. Okay, it's terrible. So, 
I watched that movie for the first time with the riff tracks, and even that oh. wasn't like enough. That movie was bad. <laughs> Batman Forever at least like feels fun, but Batman Robin is just like. It's like the d- director wasn't even on set. Like, the guy who ran the craft services station was like, uh, <laughs> is anybody going to do this? No, okay, I guess I'll... Okay, sure. Put nipples <laughs> on the say, man's costume, I guess. I will say this. In the middle of Batman and Robin, there's a look on Alicia Silverstone's face that s- screams, like, I can feel this ending my career. <laughs> like, I can physically feel what I'm doing right now. Forcing me to change professions. Yeah. Right now. <laughs> All right. So Time to chill out, I, Anthony. I don't know. Oh, I don't God, know. God, God, no. Jesus. <laughs> Ugh. I, I can't. I don't believe it's as bad as Batman versus Superman. Because Batman versus Superman is, is incoherent. Okay, but it. Okay, but you're not wrong, first of all. But once Batman and Superman are friends. Which, by the way, is the stupidest goddamn thing. Terrible. And terrible how that happens in the movie. But once, <laughs> once, once they're on the same side, it's a perfectly entertaining action film. Oh, you, you mean those last 20 minutes yes. when it becomes a Mortal Kombat TV show cutscene? Correct. <laughs> where, where dickhead Superman and, and murderer Batman yeah. team up with an awesome Wonder Woman yeah. to fight the rock troll from Lord of the Rings. Yes. While the background video... In the dark. (laughs) Yeah, in the dark. Yeah. While while the background video for a corn video plays behind them. That is entirely correct, yes. I have to to tell you guys how liberating it feels to not give a shit about any of this. (laughs) Yes, yeah, no, I... To just not be invested in any of the, like, the DC Marvel nonsense, the, like, superheroes, like, just to, oh, the movie's there, oh, it's bad, okay, I don't need to watch it. That's great. That's... I feel I feel so. But the thing is, like, like okay, so I've been cu- like I've been writing uh, kind of the updates for Suicide Squad, and from the beginning, I was like, this looks like Hot Topic made a movie. This looks like yes. pandering to the nth degree. And I'm also covering the Doctor Strange sort of mm. roundup of all of our stuff. Mm-hmm. And I've been watching the trailers for that, and like like looking into it, and like that movie looks fun. That movie. I'm looks excited good. about that movie. Yeah, that looks good. Yeah, and 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 Dave. Meanwhile, you mentioned this on the internet that you were excited about Doctor Strange, and and couldn't care less about Suicide Squad, and you triggered one of the the countless uh, tirades that seems to come up around the movie Suicide Squad right now, much in the same way that it came up around Batman versus Superman. Somebody like called you out, and they're like, "Yeah, it looks awesome if you like movies that look childish." And this is coming from a person who could not have seen Suicide Squad yet. Right. It didn't exist. Like, for that, they, they did not have access to go and exchange money dollars for a viewing of this film in any way, shape, or form. And yet they had formed not just one opinion, but many opinions <laughs> about multiple things. They had decided something was good and something was bad. Yeah. Something was worth defending and something else was worth derision when it didn't when they had no access to it why the hell is that happening I'm, well it, like 
<laughs> well, Susan's got an opinion here. <laughs> so I know, Susan, I know you have thoughts about I this. I do. Well, okay. First of all, a lot of it is just the extension of Marvel versus DC. Sure. Period. The end. And I, I don't know the origins of why DC fans have a massive inferiority complex and are super, super defensive. But they do. And don't, don't write in, don't, if you're not, don't. <laughs> you're writing your emails. Just I hear don't you. do it. Uh, like, I, I mean, I've had people, I had, I've had many discussions about Suicide Squad this week on Twitter. And one, uh, which I had with somebody who was, was a very lovely conversation. Uh, he feels that movie critics just enjoy dumping on DC movies because it's a, it's a thing to do. It's like, sweetie, sweetie, No. The movies just aren't good. Now, if that's because DC doesn't pony up enough money, if it's because people making the, the people making decisions are just not very good at their jobs, if it's, you know, down to the quality of the source material, whatever it is, or a combination of all the above, whatever it is, you can objectively say as a film, stuff that deals with Marvel topics tends to be better than stuff that deals with DC topics. It's not it's not 100%, but as a rule. Sure. So, and a lot of that, uh, there's a guy on uh, Twitter, he makes this uh, amazing series of videos on YouTube called Every Frame of Painting. I highly recommend Oh, so good, so good, so good, so good. Uh, Tony Zhu has been, uh, every time for the past like year, every time that WB has put out a movie, he continues to tweet clips from this article about why these movies are so bad. And a lot of it has to do with the fact, or at least like seems to come from the fact, that the current CEO of WB does not have a background in film production. That, mm. that seems like a problem to me. He has a background <laughs> in marketing and branding. Mm. He is all about that branding. And you can see that in the decisions they make. They're like, we are making nothing but tentpole movies. We are making like no small movies. Like WB doesn't make small movies anymore. They just make they make DC movies, they make Lord of the Rings slash Hobbit movies, they make Harry Potter movies. That's what they're doing. And every decision well, that they make is around like like one of the I was reading an article that was uh, that referred to a quote uh, from that uh, Hollywood Reporter uh, thing about this movie saying that like they had six weeks to write this script because there was a deadline to get this movie done because they had deals in place for marketing tie-ins and branding tie-ins. That's see, that's that's not enough. Six weeks is not enough for any yeah. and it's for any movie, frankly. But it's something with as much lore as this is bringing to the table and this big of an ensemble cast to keep it coherent. No, you need a lot more than six weeks. And that's, but it's plenty of time to make sure that you're going to have anything. It doesn't matter what it is. You'll have plenty out there to have your hot topic fashion line yep. ready to go. And yeah. that's, and that seems to be the fundamental difference between Marvel and DC is that Marvel is willing to say, okay, do we need more time on this movie? Yes. Yeah. It, like, they pushed Rogue One. Rogue One was supposed to be out in May. They mm -hmm. pushed it to December because they're like, well, this isn't working right now. We need to fix it. And they gave it six more months. And uh, whether or not that movie ends up better as a result, you know, we'll find out. But it's at least, like, Marvel and Disney and, and Star Wars. And, like, they're, they're smart enough to realize that if we make nothing but bad movies... Sure, we'll make that money because people will see it and go, "Oh no, we the Star Wars movies good, you guys. It's better than Phantom Menace." Um, but over time, it will damage the brand. 
Yeah. You'll get the right, money now, I, right, but 10 right. years from now, no one's going to care. Right. I, I, I think part, you know, people are keep this whole, this whole, you know, commitment to a brand identity mm. coupled with the idea that critics just like to hate on DC movies all kind of comes down to the fact that Warner Brothers has, since their last big successes, you know, which were you know, Dark Knight 2008, Dark Knight Rises in 2012, and Deathly Hollows Part 1 and 2 for Harry Potter in 2010 and 2011, you know, that they were like heading into a new era where those things weren't going to be around to yeah, save them. Yeah, yeah. And they were like, wait, let's not change anything and do whatever is in our power to just keep making those again and again and again. And that's why you had, you know, like, okay, bring in Zack Snyder and we'll have him just do, like, he'll work only with David Goyer and Chris Nolan on these DC movies. And it'll all be like the Nolan-verse. And everything will be very, very serious and, and everything will be blue or yellow all the time. And that's the way life will be. And, like, they've done the exact same thing with Harry Potter. Like, they're like, all right, well, David Yates made a bunch of movies. Just have him make more. There are no more. Make up a new one. <laughs> well, okay, uh, but, but but in their defense, that's exactly what happened with the Harry Potter books. Yeah, it's so, true. It's true. Uh, you know, let's not, let's not blame them for not wanting to cut off that nice right. fat flow yeah. of cash. Uh, the, the thing is, and this is not, this is not limited to DC fans. This is across many, many different fandoms, and not just in the geek sphere. I mean, this, you get this with sports teams. You get this with, sure. with any kind of fandom. The If you critique the thing, you are critiquing me because wow. I like the thing. And if, if you're critiquing the thing and saying that it's bad, then you're making me question whether it's okay for me to like it, and I can't have that. There's, oh. a, there's a distinct, and this is, this is all ages. This is, this is all genders. This is all fandoms. People aren't chill enough to just go, hey man, if you don't like it, that's cool. I do. And they're and they're super, super not chill enough to say, I recognize that this thing is objectively not good. Don't care. Still love it. <laughs> right. Right. Like I can I can sit there and and say that I recognize unequivocally that the 2011 Green Lantern movie starring Van Wilder is <laughs> not a not a well-made movie right but there are things in that movie that are so freewheelingly bizarre <laughs> and I, that i cannot help but take pleasure in it like there is a like there's a party at one point and everybody is hanging out and then i guess some bad guys show up and then van wilder shows up and makes a cg lime green hot wheels racetrack in the middle of it and then makes a quip at a girl that he doesn't know at all, and then disappears. It's like a Dadaist... <laughs> or... It's like a Dadaist light show. It, it's literally like if I went and asked freaking John Paul Sartre to come back and make me a Pink Floyd laser light show, this would be the result, and I love that. Or, uh, or Southland Tales, a film in which The Rock says pimps don't commit suicide. Wow. That's a, wow. That is a that is a magical movie. It's awful. It is it is a 3-hour movie that is like an it needs to be 3 hours because it covers a lot, but it oh, it should have been cut. No, it like, needs it needs to be 8 hours. Okay, it, it I, needs, Susan, this is I'm going with this, uh The Phantom 
starring Billy Zane, complete oh, yes. with yes. purple costume and yep. Treat oh. Williams. Oh, it's, it's so it's, awesome. Oh, God, it's so bad. It's like, it's bless its heart because it is really trying to embrace the com- the, the comic strip phantom. Yes, right. Yeah. Uh, but... It doesn't translate. No, not even a little. But bless them, they tried. Man, what is with, what was with the '90s and like dragging up every old like the, there was that Shadow movie with Alec oh, Baldwin. Oh God, it's bad. It was it was Batman '89 yes. and Dick Tracy. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. made shitloads of money. By the way, Dick Tracy, not good. Dick Tracy is a, is another one of those movies that succeeds purely on being weird and and phenomenal like, makeup. Right, phenomenal yeah. makeup. Like, yeah. and honestly, if you're like me and have always dreamed of a film where Warren Beatty just tortures Dustin Hoffman, <laughs> that movie gives me that. It that it does. That it does. Um. <laughs> no need. And like, and I also get to like see like a universe where Madonna pretends she's attracted to Warren Beatty. I, that's delightful. Except they were a couple. Oh God, that's right. Yes. They were. I got. See, it's hard to keep track of Madonna's early '90s relationships. She has, it went. Yes. Yeah, it went. Jose Canseco, Warren Beatty, Vanilla Ice, Dennis Rodman. It was just. It was too much. Sean Penn. It was too much. Sean Penn. Oh my oh god. Oh my god. <laughs> All in the same area, and none of them caused swept away to happen in 2002. Swept away. That was terrible. Yeah, swept it was, away. Uh, the it was swept the, away remake. Was that the Guy Ritchie movie with Madonna? Guy Ritchie? Oh, yeah. well then. Guy Ritchie hooked up. Okay, it goes Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, Snatch. This guy is one of the most respected, exciting directors in the world. Starts dating Madonna, makes Swept Away, becomes garbage person non grata for like ever and, and then until Sherlock. He's now in <laughs> Sherlock Holmes' pur- purgatory. Uh, Speaking yeah. of terrible there. movies. <laughs> Speaking of terrible movies, yeah. it's it's so. Yeah, woof. Before, <laughs> before right. we depart Suicide Squad for good, Susan, you you made an interesting observation mm. about Suicide Squad yes. that wasn't a qualitative statement, but was an interesting observation about your interest level in the film. Yes, uh, yeah. So uh, a lot of one one of the complaints that keeps coming up with regard to the movie is about Harley Quinn's. Outfit and indeed the the costumes on all the women characters. Now I don't know the characters of Enchantress or Katana enough to have an opinion about whether their costumes are appropriate or not. But I felt like Harley's was appropriate and I was okay with it. However, if you put her in that exact same costume in a video game, I'd hate it. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about this. I'm like, wait, because I I, I, I forget which Arkham game it is. Probably Asylum. Uh, she's dressed like, uh... Oh, it's all of them. Oh, uh, yeah. Asylum, she, it's Asylum's a dominatrix nurse. That's it, yep. And then in City, it's just, it. you see the beginnings of Baby Stripper. Yeah, that that's it, yep. Suicide Squad. And then Arkham Knight is, is sort of more just generic bondage queen. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a little, that's pretty much it. It's just generic bondage queen. So here's the, so here's the problem that I have now. Obviously, uh, my favorite version of Harley, as is true for a lot of people, I think, is the classic jester outfit mm-hmm. with the white face paint uh, and the black uh, domino mask. However, you can't translate that to a real world setting. It's like you, the Phantom. 
It, exactly. Exactly. You would end up looking like the Phantom. As much as you think you want it, you try and translate to the, that to the real world, it's going to look stupid. Not just Susan, I do want to see Margot Robbie dressing like she's pretending to be Billy Zane, though. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with... That's some consternation right there. Let's all, let's all, let's just all be really honest and open about the fact that we want to see Margot Robbie wearing whatever anything she yeah. chooses to right. wear because, oh my God, that woman is fine. But anyway, mm-hmm. 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 but uh, given, given Harley's character and this idea that she is a, uh, she's a, she's a, a psychiatrist. She's quite intelligent she wants to manipulate and control any given situation unless it's with regard to the joker in which case she is she is his and her sexuality is a way to do that it is a way to control people both positively and negatively so with regard to that that makes sense to me in the movie because you got to put this as a real person you have to put her in clothes that would exist and make sense Sure. So, and uh, so that's for me, that's why I'm okay without outfit as opposed to, you know, the bondage nurse and all that stuff. Because in a video game, you can, there's no gravity you have to worry about. There's no seams ripping you have to worry about. You, know, you can put a character in whatever you want and make it work. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I will say, like, the, Har- the Harley Quinn outfits in the Arkham games are at least consistent with the Arkham games world. Mm. I I love Arkham Asylum and like two thirds of Arkham Knight. <laughs> um, <laughs> but like, you know, despite the fact that I enjoy those parts of the games, the aesthetic of that world has never really appealed to me. The, the like the super aggro, hyper violence, hyper sexual, Thing that's going on in the Arkham games. At least what she's wearing there is consistent, even True. though it kind of sucks. True, but I, uh, I, you're not wrong. Yeah, I feel like it doesn't have to be. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I, yeah, because again, not a real person. Right. And okay, the 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 jester outfit wouldn't make sense, perhaps, with the Arkham world. But there's a there's a place in between those two. Yes, I, I completely agree. Yeah. I, I completely agree. And like I, I find, you know, uh, like you said, like the the Harley Quinn costume in the movie, it, it sort of fits with the the grimy Nolan world. Yeah. It, yes. That, yes. You know, like the, I buy that version of Harley Quinn in in the world of Heath Ledger's joke. Correct. Wherein, like, if you have a a woman who was an incredibly accomplished psychologist who was then you know traumatized and abused by a clown psychotic, and then turned her sexuality into a weapon against other people, like, sure. I, I see that. I see that in, in that world. Right, right, exactly, uh, yeah. I, I, and I guess, like, in the context of Suicide Squad, though, there is, even in just a trailer, there's no consistency to that world that it's presented. Well, here's the... You know, it, it's kind of all over the damn place. This is part of the other problem that I was discussing with, with the same uh, very nice person on Twitter, uh, as opposed to, to the men's rights advocate who was coming after me, <laughs> uh, who was... Uh, an asshole. But anyway, no, this person was had some really interesting points. And 
Here's the, the, the challenge with Suicide Squad and, and with regard to Harley Quinn. So Harley is a very complex character. She's, you know, she's brilliant. She was traumatized. She has gone insane. And all she wants to be is the Jokers. And the Joker, it, outside of the movie anyway, uh, doesn't really care. He's like, whatever. <laughs> right. And she just wants Senpai to notice her. That's all she wants, right? Like, super complex. It's this very abusive relationship, right? It's, it's, there's a lot of layers going on there. You have to review her character in Suicide Squad, both for people who know all that and for people who only have the context of the film to understand her. Right. And that's really hard. That's really, really hard. Yeah. Uh, You know, I find it interesting that Harley Quinn has become, after 23 years, or 24 years, Batman the Animated Series was 92. Uh... After 24 years, that Harley Quinn is part of this pop cultural, you know, sort of canon that comes from Batman that everybody's familiar with. Right. Like, people, people know who Harley Quinn is. They know who Batman is. They know who Alfred is. They know who Catwoman is. They know who Commissioner James Gordon is. Like, they, they all of these roles are established. Like, if you said to somebody... Who is Bruce Wayne? They would say Batman. Mm-hmm. And if you said to them, who is Batman? They would say Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. And I like this entire conversation. And even going back to the beginning of this conversation, we were talking about like, why are people so obsessed with defending something that they've never even seen? Is that they're, they're invested in their favorite view mm-hmm. of, of these characters. Correct. Like I, I love the Bruce, Tim, Harley Quinn, because not just because of like this sort of like, playful psychosis where she seems like oh i'm i'm a ditz and i will murder you yeah. because i can yeah. like I, I i don't just love it that i i love the fact that she survives and gets out of it i don't know if you guys have ever seen the batman beyond movie Mm-mm. uh return of the joker well it's awesome and like i i was really into batman beyond when i was at the end of my high school years uh because it was just a fun show, but there's a, a like t- made-for-TV animated movie where in you know the young kid who's Batman in the future of flying cars is fighting a seemingly resurrected Joker, and part of the like there's a gang in Gotham at that point called the Jokers, like t- like punk kids and drug addicts and criminals all dress up like clowns, and that's their thing. And two of the Joker's new right-hand mans are, like, twin girls who are sort of dressed up, like, almost like Raggedy Ann. And at the end of the movie, when they get arrested, uh, their grandmother comes to pick them up. (laughs) And she's just slapping them around, like, what the hell is the matter with you? What are you doing? And it's Harley. Like, it's Harley. And, like, the implication is, like, not only did Harley survive, Harley got the hell out of the life of crime started a family and is now like trying to take care of multiple generations. Like I love that. I love that version of the character. That's pretty great. Right? It's awesome. And I like I love I think that's why people get so fired up about things like Batman versus Superman and Suicide Squad is because the you know, even after 70 years this universe can can really inspire passion absolutely and get people pumped and i i think that's great like here's the thing because that comes from a place of love 
right? Yeah. I am when anybody is a, a, a super fan of something, I think that's super cool because it comes from a place of love. But yeah. you gotta be okay with other people not liking the stuff you like because mm. they won't all like it, and yeah. they some of them will really not like it. And that's okay. That doesn't make you wrong. It doesn't make them wrong. Even if most people say something is bad. And you like it. That doesn't make you wrong. It just makes you an outlier. That's okay. Outliers happen in science and in life all the time. <laughs> it's, it's totally okay. And, and like, and, and to your point, uh, Anthony, like a lot of a lot of Batman fans also have expressed displeasure with like ba- the way that they're treating Batman versus Superman, treating the Suicide yeah. Squad. Like they they're like. I remember being a kid and liking this stuff, and why is it so dark and gritty? Like, I don't want my Batman to be, like, brushing up against R. Like, it, like Nolan was great because it was a different take, but, like, you know, this is stuff that I remember from my childhood. This is, like, comics that were made for kids. You know, mm-hmm. wh- why are we getting all grimdark with this? Like, You why? know, <laughs> I feel like, for Suicide Squad, just tonally, you either had to go... Super goofy Guardians of the Galaxy style playtime. Yeah. Or full on Deadpool. Yeah. Right. And yeah. I- and and you can't when when you're tying that to Man of Steel mm. and Dark Knight Rises mm-hmm. and Batman versus Superman and you don't have that option. And right. then you have the added uh problems that come from that report where it says like, okay, well we have this first vision for the movie. We put this trailer out. People want that Guardians of the Galaxy esque feel for this movie, but we're already making it one way. So how can we change directions? Right. And in six months, just through editing and a handful of reshoots, like, and Oof. then like you, you can't split that difference yeah. without like redoing the whole thing. And then, but then you know that would mess up your marketing deals, and you're you know you have a deadline for this movie that needs to be out. And then it just it's incoherent. Like that. That's yeah. that seems to be the biggest complaint is that it just it f- it feels like two different movies that are trying to fight with each other. Right. It's just it's really unfortunate because it's a waste of a really cool idea. Some really mm-hmm. talented actors, uh, and and what could have been a a really different kind of superhero movie. It's a shame. Except for yeah. Slipknot. Except for Slipknot. His power is ropes. His power is ropes. He has ropes made of metal. That is his superpower. But Aquaman. He can breathe underwater. That's a power. Oh, come on. Aquaman Aquaman in the right hands is super. Hey, look, like, all I'm saying is I I just saw that little clip in Batman vs. Superman uh, where Jason Momoa is like he gets accidentally filmed. I'm like, all right, I'm on board. I don't care. Yeah, he's he, the Dothraki warrior swimming through the ocean. I, I'm sorry that that footage in Batman versus Superman when they find Aquaman, it literally looks like a parent accidentally walking in on their teenage son masturbating. He's like, <laughs> what? Whoa! Whoa! Get out of here, mom! Get it. what? No! Not stop it. How I interpreted it, but okay. Perhaps I lack the necessary personal experience. I just, I, why did Lex Luthor give him a logo? Why? Oh, I don't, I don't. That logos. Branding. Let's just, let's, let's just not discuss that part. Also, why? I mean, I, I guess it's not completely 
uh, implausible, but I mean, Wonder Woman going through her file, totally appropriate. Of course. Sure. Yeah. Why does she then take the time to go look at everybody else? Well, I think I'll just peruse through these zip files that Batman sent me. Yeah. <laughs> Batman sends her a zip disk. I don't have a drive for this anymore, Bruce. They don't make zip drives anymore. Sorry. I use my compact Presari. <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's what like that. I I mean do you have a jazz drive at least? Do you maybe jazz drive? <laughs> Topical. Topical. Oh, Radio God. radar. Topical. Uh, so, I, you know, I there is the opposite end uh, of some of these character problems, which is, you know, like we, we say all these things about the, the cinematic universe version of Batman and his, his related characters and why they're sort of problematic. I hate what Zack Snyder has done in the wake of Christopher Nolan, but at least there is... A definitive personality there. His Batman is evil murderer guy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and fine. Uh, and that is in stark contrast to the recently started Batman The Telltale series, Adventure Games, wherein their Batman is the equivalent of a Panera Bread Boy. <laughs> <laughs> wow. They have made a, a starchy plain Bruce Wayne that has been scooped out and allowed to be filled with a limp chili. Uh, a limp chili, okay. That is, that's overly harsh. That is a metaphor. That You just took us on a visual journey. Wow. Oh yeah, I watch, just, we're gonna go that whole distance. Oh my god. Uh, all three of us are Telltale fans. Yes, right. We definitely. all like Telltale games. We yes, like, but. We, yes, but. There's always that yes, but. Uh, Dave, what are you, what are your Telltale games? Are you a Wolf Among Us guy? I love I love the Wolf Among Us because the well, you if you get me, you, you're gonna get me in in one big way, and it's the the blue purple neons and the synthesizer soundtracks. <laughs> yeah, and Wolf Among sure. Us had both of those, and I was in one hundred percent. And it's like this like it's like a gritty noir, but like the dude's a werewolf, and like I'd read some of the comics, and they're cool. But uh, but the game was like like my first real big like dive into it, and I was like, yeah, that's awesome. Tales from the Borderlands, surprisingly good. Like one of, like easily my favorite one that they've done. Mm. Um, mm. Which I would never have expected from Borderlands because uh, that humor just rubs me the wrong way. But like somehow they did it. Um, Susan, those are both your jam too. Your Wolf Among Us and Border- Tales from the Borderlands. Absolutely, all the way, right? absolutely on both counts. They're both brilliant. I was a, I yeah. was a Fables fan before playing Wolf Among Us, so I, I already knew yeah, going in too. that it was yeah. it was tailored to my tastes. But I don't really like Borderlands, and Tales from the Borderlands is my favorite Telltale series. Yeah, hands down, one hundred percent. I gotta play that. I really gotta play that. Y'all remember everybody, Bone? Everybody tells me it's so many. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, the, that was like that was their first, right? Yeah. Wasn't Bone the beginning of their episodic? Oh God, yeah, I remember that. Was, I bought the comic book never... just to. That was that's a weird comic, man. It's a great. It's my favorite. Oh, Bone is weird. It's, it's so yeah, good. I love it. Um, uh, so it's it's funny. We we look at Wolf Among Us. And Tales from the Borderlands and Bone, even <laughs> because these are all sort of things that Telltale approached and applied their personal style to, and all of them are pretty weird. 
Like, they're all, they all have, like, a strange hook. Like, being a noir detective that threatens a, a single father who's also a toad for information. Shit, and, like, 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 that's, that's, that's some, that's some weird stuff. Uh, Batman, I don't know what is going on. I'm gonna keep playing it because it's very well made, and like all Telltale games, it's very well made. But I swear to God, this is a two-hour-long episode out of, like, five or six, I think. And I, I think 90 of those 120 minutes are devoted to telling us who everybody Oh, is. Jesus Christ. Okay, look. <laughs> <sighs> Susan, did you know that Batman, uh, one night, meets a cat burglar who is a sexy lady dressed like a cat? Stop it. And they have a flirtatious relationship. Stop it. They just met. Just they just met just for the very first time. Stop it. Again. Look, here's... I appreciate that you will have to... Okay, first of all, I appreciate that it is entirely possible that Telltale wasn't allowed to add new characters or create a new villain or something because, I mean, Batman canon is not sacrosanct, but it's certainly a big big business. So, you know, not wanting Telltale to, to just make up their own villain. All right. I, I can't argue with that too much, right? So you're going to have to use established like Joker, Catwoman, Penguin. Fine. We don't need to ever hear again about how Batman's parents were murdered. We don't. We don't. We don't. <laughs> we don't. Susan, we... as Alfred says in the middle of episode one, I understand you're trying to build a Stop myth, it. sir. Stop it. But Stop you it. need to we make don't... sure that you don't turn into something that your parents would be ashamed Stop of. Stop it. We... And then he literally hands him the movie tickets from the movie that they were all at. Oh, And just... you have to see in silhouette Bruce Wayne's parents Stop being murdered. Stop it. We don't know. We do. This is the thing. You don't need to know why Batman is Batman. You really don't. No. At this point, everybody nope. knows Batman is a superhero. He fights crime. He's kind of a good guy. Sort of. He's, he, he is always... He's complex. In, he's, he's looking out for the average person. There you go. There you go. Yeah, everybody freaking right? knows that. Everybody. I believe, if memory serves, Batman is the third most identifiable icon in the world. I mean, like his little logo yeah. on his mm -hmm. chest. Yeah, third most. Yeah. Mickey Mouse would be number one. Right. Or, or yeah, it's like Mickey Mouse, Mario, and Batman, it's actually uh, think, Mickey, the... Mickey Mouse, Coca Cola. Oh, it's Coca Cola. Yeah. I always I thought you were going with like mascots. No, no, no. I mean like like, like brands. Brands. Yeah. yeah. Everybody knows who Batman mm -hmm. is. Everybody knows who Batman is. And like, even if you said. Let's just tell a really good meat and potatoes value meal at Panera. Uh, <laughs> Batman. <laughs> Batman story. What would you like for your drink? Uh, what would you like for your drink? The iced coffee is available behind the camera. I would like a, uh, a tropi the, the fused tropical berry blend, please. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have anything that's strawberry kiwi? I like those flavors mixed together. Uh... <laughs> Those, like, if you want the most basic Batman story, there's there's merit in doing oh, it. I okay. like that idea. But even then, the, the, the similarities to what is happening in the first episode of the Telltale series 
to other Batman stuff. Like, wildly, insanely popular Batman stuff. Like, recent is, stuff. Recent stuff is so inexplicable to me. Like, there's nothing unique going on with the visual style. They, they it's, it's Imagine Wolf Among Us, but, like, Wolf Among Us cleaned up for a job interview. Like, oh. like they've, they've <laughs> taken out all the weird colors and just sort of softened the cartoon appearance of everything. Freaking Harvey Dent looks like Dan Marino for Police is out, Dan. I'm I'm literally staring at my notebook right now and it says, Why is Harvey Dent Dan Marino? Uh, do, you, do you want apple slices or chips with your meal? Uh do you have carrots, baby carrots? They're softer on my stomach. Uh, <laughs> 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 I don't know who this elderly person is who's at Panera ordering a Batman story. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, like, like, the the game literally at at multiple points calls out to plot points from Christopher Nolan's Batman movies. Well, I mean, well, Christopher Nolan's Batman movies are pretty... uh, pretty much Batman 101. Right, but like, like if you were going to sit there and say, "All right, well, I want to use Carmine Falcone. I want to use the old school mob boss who's been in Batman comics since the nineteen fifties." Great. Why would you automatically link him to some kind of conspiracy involving psychoactive active chemicals, which is directly out of Batman Begins? True. Directly out of Batman Begins. That is not... Batman Begins isn't a little indie no. movie that nobody saw. <laughs> See, you could... People saw it. You, you could... I, I know you said that... Uh, we read this in your review, available on gamesradar.com, that uh, there's a, a, a 99% uh, that uh, 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 Penguin, before he becomes Penguin... Oh, yes. Yeah, ...is, is yeah. kind of there doing is... the same plan that Bane did in uh, yeah. the third Batman movie, which... Kind of sucked. So you could for, right. you could forgive them for saying, okay, well, this was actually a really cool story idea, and we're going to do it better. Sure. And, but, but, like, again, that's something that people are going to automatically see yeah. and be like, wait a second. Uh, I will say that that is the one thing that is a little bit different than your sort of boilerplate... Uh, <laughs> I, I would just like to use the restroom. I'm not going to order anything, Batman. Uh, is their Oswald Cobblepot. Uh, their, their Oswald Cobblepot is sort of like, he looks like an extra from the Matrix. He's like a lean, <laughs> sort of gangly anarcho-punk dude with the swish hair, but shaved side. Oh, okay. And like a long coat. Okay. Uh, and like has like a, a thick sort of placeless accent. And I was sitting there, and I was like, oh, "Okay, doing like a young Oswald Cobblepot. That's a kind of that's cool what, thing. well, that's what Gotham does." I didn't even think of it until after I'd written the review. That's what Gotham does. <laughs> and it, he is far and away the best thing about Gotham. Gotham is garbage. Don't write me letters. If you like it, that's fine. But that show is crap. Uh, All right. Full disclosure, Susan. I saw. I've never watched Gotham. That's probably why I forgot that that Gotham did that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the first trailer I saw for Gotham, I mistakenly was like, "Why am I seeing a commercial for uh, the Matrix video game?" <laughs> and then, 
Nobody told me that Jada Pinkett Smith was still acting. Oh, I was con- yeah. I was confused. Yeah, as I was confused. Fish Mooney. Fish Mooney. That's her name in the in the show. Fish Mooney. That's a strange. Like, that's that's got to be like an old fifties band name. It character, has right? to be right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, so, I, I <laughs> I'm gonna keep playing this Telltale game, but part of me wants it to get like really weird. After the first episode, oh, yes, like, please. oh, everybody, we were just kidding. Yeah, like, yeah. like, I was all scarecrow. Oh my god! No, it's always scarecrow. Uh, do you guys have you guys ever read any like actual 1950s Batman? No, I, I've ever? not read. No, no. no, because it's like I actually have a, a Batman issue that I got like at a rummage sale as a kid. It's from 1953. This is an old Batman issue. It's falling apart. On the cover, Batman and Robin are in a museum holding medieval shields while a dog in a bat mask breathes fire at them. And they're yelling, oh no, bat dog has magic powers. I'm in. Yeah, why is no one making that movie? Where's that? I want that movie. I want that Batman stat. Get Adam West out of retirement. Let's do it. Do you know what Batmite is? Have you heard bat- of Batmite? No. Is it like a like a Vegemite thing? Like I don't. <laughs> bat Batmite is a super deformed, like like you would see in an anime today, but from the fifties, a super deformed little Batman, who's a sprite that appears out of nowhere every now and again. He's from some dimension, and just fucks with Batman all the time. Batmite will just show up and like the the great kazoo on Flintstones. <laughs> That's who I was thinking of. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's exactly like, great, like if that. Great Gazoo was Q in Batman. Yes, that, that's a perfect metaphor. He's basically Q, and he's like, let's see how you deal with your hands being broccoli, Batman. <laughs> and then that's the story for an issue. <laughs> Why don't we get that? Where's Batmite? Where's Bat Dog? Well, it's, it's, you know, it's the Nolan movies. It's the curse of the Nolan movies. The mov- the Nolan movies did so well, so now all of the movies have to be grounded in this gritty realism. And, I don't know, like, it was fine for the Nolan movies, but, like, I don't know, comic books are weird. Embrace it. Christopher, no- Christopher Nolan has basically caused the filmic equivalent of Taco Bell and Demolition Man. Yeah, oh, he's, yeah. Like, <laughs> it's like him and, like, you have, like, two different sides of the same coin. You have Michael Bay and you have Christopher Nolan. And every action movie is trying to either be Michael Bay or Christopher Nolan. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I, I would never sit there and say that Disney is some kind of people's champion because they are like the largest, one of the largest corporate forces on the face of the planet. They're the Disney Illuminati. Is, like, the, they're the Illuminati. They really Disney, are. Disney, yeah, Disney loves money. Like, they like cash money dollars. But you gotta give them this. Every single time they're making a new Star Wars movie, every single time they're making a new Marvel movie, every single time they make a new Muppets anything. Except for the every show. Sing- uh, yeah. Ex- well, hey, uh, there are merits there. I'm not gonna say it's a good show, but... I don't want to know and- who, who Miss Piggy's fucking. I'm sorry. Thank I don't. You. I don't- <laughs> Thank you. You don't need to know that, and that's why the show got canceled, because nobody wants well, then- to know that. You don't need to read my Muppet Babies 20 Years Later fan. Oh, oh God, God damn it. Stop it. It's all about them going to college, man. Stop in it. the oh. 90s. Oh. 
Gonzo's in Gon- a band that opened for Nirvana. Go- Gonzo's really into the Melvins for some reason. <laughs> Uh, yeah, like, you know, say what you want about Disney itself. Every single time they do anything, they always give each story to a new creator. Mm-hmm. Like, it's always like, well, let's see what this person does with this thing. And sometimes it doesn't work out. You know, like, Edgar Wright wasn't allowed to make the Ant-Man movie he wanted to make. But Joe Johnston got to come in and make an amazing Captain America movie that was as awesome as the Rocketeer, and then the Russo brothers came in and made a completely different Captain America movie. Mm-hmm. Like, they, they made some kind of weird Three Days of the Condor thing, and it's awesome. Yeah, it's like, J- okay, so you have J.J. J. Abrams making episode seven, and it's like, right. okay, let's have the Looper guy make episode eight. <laughs> right. And I love hey, that. Let's go get the guy that made Brick to make a Star Wars movie. <laughs> What? Who said? What are you like? Like, who, like you don't greenlight a Doctor Strange movie if your only no. goal is making money. Nope, you don't do it. You know, you don't do it. But you also like, you know, again, like the, the corporate interest there is plain. Like you get oh, absolutely. what they're you get what they're getting at. Uh, speaking of things that you do not make if your primary goal is making money. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of things that you only make because you're in love with the idea, you do not go out and say, I'm going to make the millions with a rhythm game that is also a JRPG. That's true. Uh, But if you do do that, you make something beautiful called the Metronomicon. How is that game going for you two? Dave, explain the Metronomicon Um, first. It's a game that I kick butt at. Oh, dunk. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna. I'm dunking on IGN and Polygon. <laughs> Sorry, like, I don't want to be that guy, but I don't know. Um, oh, no, yes, so you basically, do. own it. Just own it. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. No, I'm good. I'm good at rhythm games. I like that game, and uh, I'm good at it. And my scores are higher. So, <laughs> I don't know. Get good, I guess. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah. So it's basically it is a rhythm game in the vein of like amplitude. Or DDR. So the inputs are very much like DDR. It's up, down, left, right. And you can use... Anthony didn't discover this until halfway through our stream, but you can use both the D-pad and the face buttons. Not if you're awesome. (laughs) uh, To activate the things. But what you need to do is you need to switch lanes like amplitude. So like each character has their own lane of buttons. And each character represents a different... uh, class, like in your, you know, your Dungeons and Dragons or your Final Fantasies or what have you. Uh, you have your paladins, you have your warriors, you have your mages, you have your healers. Um, and so what you're trying to do is you need to press the buttons in time with the music, which causes a, a tier to fill up. And you have three different tiers of powers available at any given time on a character. Uh, so you activate enough buttons to get the first tier, and when you switch lanes you will activate that power. Or you can keep trying to press buttons to uh, match the song to fill up the second tier. Uh, The higher the tier, meaning the more time that you're spending in that lane pressing notes, the stronger that power is. So, uh, and you'll have, like, your mage, you'll have a fire ability and your your water ability. So if your water ability is on the first one, the enemy has uh, an affinity that's weak against water, you'll want to switch, uh, to switch out as soon as you finish that first tier. But if you want to use the fire tier, um, you keep pressing. And you can customize all that stuff. You'll uh, unlock new powers. 
new characters, get new gear. Uh, and yeah, you just you play through a bunch of different songs, and you're trying to stop a bunch of monsters from entering portals with their evil dance parties. And uh, it's just it's great. It's fun. The mu- I think that there's like there's only one song that I played so far that I'm like eh, I don't know you guys, but like the rest of it is just it's it's fun. Music's great. It's awesome. I I I love I, I like so I'm terrible at rhythm games as our stream of the Metronomicon capably proved i mean again i was playing it one-handed you were and you <laughs> the were conducting, entire time you were conducting a coherent interview at the time as well right right so it was essentially like i was patting my head rubbing my belly and trying to make a prenera bread bowl at the same time yes uh and and actually pulling it off throughout that sequence uh but the thing the thing that knocked me on my ass about metronomicon was yeah like the art style is really really cool uh, it, it it has, you know, there there is a look in the in the world after Flash games. There is a look that two D games have, especially if they're made uh you know for for PC first. That like it, it doesn't it looks better than a Flash game, but it doesn't quite look you know it's not looking like Yoshi's Island, right? Uh, but but Metronomicon's art style, like everything about it, is is just right it, it avoids some of the pratfalls of modern 2d games uh and i love the music and all that's great and i i once i actually sort of started to understand and dig into how the rpg mechanics work with you know cute like having to like keep hitting notes to use different levels of abilities and equipping different abilities in different slots to change how effective they are once i got all of that i admired the hell out of it the thing that I liked the most about the game was that you could play it on easy and it wasn't a pushover. Like, it wasn't... It didn't have that feeling that you get from playing a rhythm game like Guitar Hero or even, you know, something like Final Fantasy Theater Rhythm uh, on easy where it's just like, oh, God, I'm not... I don't feel like I'm even doing anything. Well, it's... Yeah, it, and that's because, like, you're not just tapping buttons. You have to strategize your attacks yeah. to defeat the enemies that you fight. Yeah. And so, like, yes, the button presses are easy, but you still have to know how the powers work together and know right. how best to uh, to juggle those powers and know, like, okay, so if I activate this heal now, there's a cooldown for a while, so I need to, I, you know, I can't just do this all the time. I have to save it for when I really need it. Um, okay, so this enemy that's coming up is a fire, so I need to use my water abilities, uh, and so on and so on and so on. And, like, that's how you maximize how good you are in, like, beating the bosses of each stage and getting new loot and stuff like that. So, like, that's the part that I really appreciate. Like you said, like, you can play it on easy and it's just a couple of notes, and, like, that's the easy part, but you still have to know when to switch and know when to stick around in the lane and activate abilities and stuff. Susan, totally. you're climbing your way up the uh, the leaderboards in Metronomicon too. Oh right? yeah. Where 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 are you in the game? How far have you progressed in through there through the lands that there are? Uh, I'm in the second land. It's the haunted forest, I think. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm just working my way down the song list. And as I open up side quests, uh, which are little challenges that you do, uh, I do them in order as well. Like, for example, the one I just did was a cure challenge, which was uh, produce 9,000 points of healing during the song. 
Awesome. So uh, I've yeah. unlocked two new characters. I've completed all of the green, uh, the emerald arena challenges. And uh, I think I'm like level 15, my characters or something like that. Uh, this is not your, your, it's not your preferred platform. It is not. I do not play <laughs> games on my computer. Uh, so I'm not using a controller. I am using the keyboard. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. And yet still in at least the top 20 for everything. Thank you very much. You're dunking on IGN and Polygon too. I am also. Okay. <laughs> so just, just to explain, uh, what Dave's talking about. So. This is the, the Metronomicon is uh, only out in beta at the moment. And so the leaderboards, it'll be stuff like Polygon Office or IGN Office because it's been given out to a bunch of uh, game journalists. So I'm just like, okay, I'm staying on this until I'm better than Polygon. That's all I'm saying. That's all I care about. <laughs> That's it. The rivalry continues. Exactly. Exactly. Now, Dave <laughs> plays on Medium, which I do not. If I had a controller, I feel like I could do higher levels, but with on a keyboard, I just can't. Yeah, I can't even imagine. It's not great. Uh, so I, I just play on easy, um, and, and Dave is consistently higher than me on the, on the leaderboards. Not always. Not always, but, no. But often, usually. But yeah, I it's... I just want it on Vita. Yeah, oh my just, god, I want it on Vita so bad. It. And I mean, you know, I, like, I, got a t- I saw that tweet the other day of like, indie developers, you know, biggest hurdles are this this and then navigating through a sea of people who want your game on vita mm. uh <laughs> and yeah no i i get that um and like you know the 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 guy is uh Puba, the team that's making the metronomicon it's a really small team it's just a handful of people um uh, and so like their plan right now with this preview build uh pc first and then i think ps4 is coming down the line no word on vita yet um, hopefully Vita, because Vita needs more games. It's not a dead system, people. <laughs> it's not. People like their Vita I games. Will, you know what? I, I will take PS4. Just give me, just let me play it with a controller, please. That's yeah. all. Controller on a console. On a c- controller on my television. And okay, don't, don't send me the email. Well, you know, you can stream <laughs> your computer to the TV and you can, yes, I know. I know. I don't want to do that. Yeah, no, none, none of that, none of yes. that. And why would you want to do that on a rhythm game? Like, you need the precise, like, a stream isn't, no, no, no. <laughs> but anyway, no. Uh, so, Metronomicon, if you like rhythm games, highly, highly, highly recommend it when it comes out for realsies, because it, no, it's super fun. No release date yet, right? Uh, no release date. Fall. Soon. They're, they're, fall. Yeah, they're, yeah. It's, it's. Uh, imminent was the imminent. <laughs> was the uh, was the phrase used by the developer on our yeah, but it's so keep very it, very and then you will understand my games. You'll understand my What's tweets up? about uh, pelvis cat. Yes, pelvis cat. Just keep it on your games radar. <laughs> your oh. games radar. Dang. Hey, uh, I had to do that. <laughs> oh God. Uh, so we, I, right before we sign off, right before we wrap this up for good, Susan, there's there's one more game that you wanted to tell people yes. that they should check out. Yes, uh, I was tipped off to this game. Again, I do not play games on Steam. I don't enjoy playing games on my computer. I feel very claustrophobic. Besides, I sat at my desk all freaking day for yeah. like... 100% high five from across the internet. I 100% agree with you. Yeah. Like, why would I play games on the thing, that, the place where I work all day? All 
freaking day. Uh, I much prefer consoles, but I was tipped off to a game that is on Steam that would by someone who knows my gaming tastes, and it's called The Temporal Invasion. It's, oh, I heard someone talking about this to yeah. you. Yeah. It's, uh, it's only four bucks. Super cheap. Uh, Mac and PC. I don't think it's Linux, but it's at least Mac and PC. So here's the shtick. So uh, you remember history a little different than everybody else. For example, if you were, uh, if somebody asked you, hey, who was responsible for World War II? You'd say, oh, the Chinese. And everybody'd be like, uh, how about Germany, bro? What? You'd be like, no, no, it's totally the Chinese. So you are contacted. By, so you think there's something wrong with you. But you are contacted by a guy named Dr. Quantum who's like, no, 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 no. There's not something wrong with you. You can actually see the capital T truth. And I am going to show you the way. But then before he before he takes you any further down that rabbit hole, he needs you to prove that you're trustworthy, that you're resourceful, that you're intelligent. And so he sets you a number of challenges. And these challenges are in the form of puzzles. And each puzzle results in a password that you will email to him. And when you email him the correct password, you get access to the next challenge. So uh, there's some code breaking. You might need to crack a cryptogram or some Morse code, or you might have to analyze a photograph to figure what he's getting at. And you'll have to do some research online to uh, uh, learn some more about historical events and geography and stuff. Let me give you an example, My what, a puzzle that I really, really enjoyed. So uh, he sends you an email. He's like, what I need you to do is give me the name of a specific witness to the JFK assassination. Now, on record, there are more than like 200 witnesses to that. So I was like, oh, God, like which one out of these does he need? going to give you a photograph, which will point you towards the person that I need. Okay. You get the photograph. It's like a backyard with a tree and a fence. And how can this possibly indicate a person? So you have to figure, you're given some tools uh, for analyzing photographs and you have to figure out how to manipulate it to get the image that you need. And then you hop online and you, and you Google JFK assassination and start figuring out what this image has to do with the list of witnesses. And when you, when you figure it out, boom, you got that name and you email it and congratulations, here's your next challenge. And there's a hundred puzzles in all. Uh, the, the, it's a, it's made by a very small studio. So it's a little rough around the edges. There's some typos. There's some translation problems. Some of the language is a, is a little wonky, but, uh, I, I really dig it. I think it's, it's fun and smart. It's very much, if you've ever, uh, played a game called evidence, the last ritual or missing since January, it's oh missing. Yes. It's yeah. very much like that. Okay, I'm in. Yeah. I'm 100% in. I love, like, I love games that break the fourth wall mm-hmm. like that. Like, I remember playing Missing and, like, waking up one day and getting emails and going, like, oh, my God. <laughs> well, the killer knows where I am. Yes. Yes. Now, oh, it's that's... a much more scaled down version of that. Um, like, you won't, and nothing will come to your actual email. <laughs> the email is, is, like, pretend email. And there's a pretend chat program that you use to create the illusion of, of talking to real people, but it's not invasive in your actual security at all. Uh, so, yeah, and it's, it's, it's a lot simpler than those games, but that's exactly what it's going for. Like, you solve this clue to get to the next clue to the, get to the next clue. Four bucks. That's not, does it have the problem with, like, I remember Missing kind of had this problem, like, if you played it after, well, after it kind of came out, like, the way that 
Google right. and SEO works, where if you type in the thing that you're looking for, the second link that shows up on Google is the walkthrough that tells you how to solve the puzzle. I have not encountered that yet at all. No. Okay. That sounds But great. is there a Vita version? <laughs> the Vita version is due out. Never. No, there's no Vita version. Aww. I'm sorry. Oh. Yeah. If only... If only. Uh, yeah, everybody. So, uh, go go play your Vitas. Um, if there is anything you would like to hear us talk about on the show, let us know. Uh, we would very much appreciate it if you would go and write us a review on iTunes. I understand that every podcast in the history of podcasts has said this. Uh, and I know that everybody is always like, it's really important. The only reason I'm asking you to do this is that we, we have relaunched the podcast. We are one month in to the, the refreshed Radio Radar podcast. And, I mean, some of the reviews on iTunes are from 2008, everybody. We've got, we've got old opinions. And we would like to hear what you have to say about the new format. Uh, because, you know, it's not going to, like, change who we are at a fundamental level, but we'd like to play around with the format. We'd like to do different things based on your feedback. So please pop into iTunes, review us if you would like. Uh, we would like it. And uh, also, reach out to the three of us directly. You can go on Twitter and follow GamesRadar. Uh, it's twitter.com slash GamesRadar. If you ever see something really unusual in that feed, like a picture of a Boys to Men video with the Pokemon Articuno in it, um, that's because it's me. I'm, I'm the one doing that. <laughs> uh, but you can also get in touch with Dave and me and Susan directly. Uh, I'm at a John Agnello. And Dave is at David Robots, and Susan is at Susan Art. Uh, and you can check out all three of those handles in the show notes. Please get in touch with us. Uh, we have some really kick-ass stuff on Games Radar right now. As you are listening to this, David Houghton and Connor Sheridan's coverage of QuakeCon is all over GamesRadar.com, and you can you can read about all the many things that Bethesda is up to you can read about prey and dishonored 2 and whatever new quake is i still don't know what that new quake game's called new quake quake champions uh, yes new quake new quake <laughs> new quake like old new quake it's like, <laughs> like new, old quake it's like new coke <laughs> right and now everybody to panera <laughs> i'm sorry i'm filthy. sorry we're out of the ranch would you like the vinaigrette <laughs> That's it. That's the end. I'm looking for the gluten-free option. I realize I came to a bakery, but... (laughs)